0: So today, today is actually a uh, a really Im- important day uh, on the on the church calendar for for us as Christians and as believers. Today, uh, this Sunday, is uh, is what is known and what is uh, what we call Pentecost Sunday. Uh, Pentecost Sunday is the is, is day that, 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 that we, we, we remember and, and we embrace as, as Christians, as Pentecostal Christians, which means we believe in, in the, the Holy Spirit and His power at work on the earth today. And so Pentecost Sunday is essentially the day that the apostles... And the early disciples were first filled with the power from heaven that is the Holy Spirit that came to earth to empower them to go about doing the work that Jesus had called them to. And so across the ACC today, all the churches across the state, they, they are embracing and remembering this, uh, this day because it is incredibly important to us. Because again, as, as Pentecostal believers who believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, the day that that power first came into the, 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 the apostles and the disciples of that time is the day that everything changed for us. Because we received that power from on high that Jesus spoke about and Jesus promised during his earthly Ministry, and I just think that that is so incredibly important for us to to recognise and to remember, because without this power, right? Without this power, everything that we do would just be. In our own strength or in our own understanding. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, we go into all the things that we do in the power of God. And not only was Pentecost Sunday the day that, that the early believers in, uh, were, were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Essentially, Pentecost Sunday was, uh, was the birth of the early church. It, it was the birth of the early church because we, we 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 read in in Scripture Jesus telling his disciples to wait in Jerusalem, okay until the power from on high comes into them so that they can then go forth and do the very things that they've been called to do uh, 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 you know it's it's uh, a lot of people think that the final words of Jesus to his disciples were. The Great Commission in Go into all the world and baptizing people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and doing all these things. Jesus, he he said that, there's no doubt about that. But he said that, and then he goes on to say to them, and his actual final words before he ascended into heaven, after saying, Go and, 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 and do all this stuff, he said, Now stay and wait in Jerusalem. Until the power of the Holy Spirit or this power from on high comes upon you so that then you can go forth and do the very things that I've called you to do. And we read that in, uh, in, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 is where it says, It says, Wait in Jerusalem till you receive the power from on high, the power of the Holy Spirit that will come upon you to enable you to do all the things that I've called you to do in the earth. Amen? amen and see so this is this is the reality. this is a world that that we live in today as believers who are empowered by the Holy Spirit. This is who we are, this is what we experience. this is what we see every single day. And, and it's important for us to, to recognize, again, like I said, that this was the birth of the early church. That, that essentially we as Christians and we as believers, the church that we know and that we experience on a weekly basis now and, and Christ and, and the power within us every single day of our lives would not have come about without Pentecost Sunday, because it it, it was the promised day and the promised moment where Jesus said to his disciples that this power is going to come upon you. And and this power is going to be what enables you to go out, to go forth and do all the things that I'm calling you to do. Without the Holy Spirit, we as believers, again, would simply be moving and working in our own strength, in our own understanding. But because we have the Holy Spirit in us, we are empowered to do the work of God, which means that, that we go not in our own strength, not in our own understanding, not in our own power, but in the power and the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Okay, my computer's decided to not work, so obviously that's not where we're going today. That's okay. We'll just go with it. because. This is what this is what the Holy Spirit does, right? He he empowers us as believers, and as we've been talking about over the last uh, probably month, a little bit longer than a month, about understanding the Trinity of God that we have: God the Father, that we have Jesus the Son, and that we have the Holy Spirit. And our understanding as believers is what is called a Trinitarianism belief, uh, basically a belief in the Trinity, that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all God, that they, they, they are all God, that they are all eternal, they were there in the beginning when the world was first created, and the way that we understand it, and why we refer to it as the, as, as the Trinity, is not three separate gods, one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, it's not three manifestations of the one God, okay? Which, which is what some people believe. Uh, they, they believe that, that, that essentially only one of them can exist in any given moment. And it just kind of alters and, and changes. But, but what, what we believe is that, Father, that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all exist eternally at the same time. And they are all God. They're all eternal. They were all there in the beginning. So, this is our understanding of our belief. And again, we've been talking about this whole reality that uh, God has been at work. Since the beginning of creation throughout human history, we read through Scripture that, 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 that God the Father, Jesus the Son, obviously, and now Holy Spirit are at work on the face of the earth, that He has never abandoned His people, but the presence of God and the power of God essentially has always been present on earth. And Scripture even tells us that, 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 that within all of creation, God is and, and Jesus is that, 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 that nothing was created that wasn't created through Jesus, that, that everything on the earth was created through the Word of God being Jesus. And, and now this this reality that we live in as believers, okay is this understanding that we have the Holy Spirit living and dwelling in us every single day. Of our lives, thank God, I just found it on my phone. So here we go; we can actually get into a, a, a little bit more. So, so this is this is really what I want to get across to you today. Essentially, through, throughout all this, is the understanding that Pentecost Sunday is the day that we, as believers and as the early church, were filled with the power. Of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is present in Scripture even before He, he comes in this moment. But we're going to read some of the things that uh, that Jesus says to His disciples uh, while He's training them before He ascends and, and, and goes back to heaven. I just want to read to you um, Acts, Acts chapter one, verse four and five. This is Jesus. He says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but again to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then in, in verse 7 and 8, he says, This is what I said to you before. Um, uh, sorry, verse 8. But you shall you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and then you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so this is the final conversation that Jesus has with his disciples. And then they, 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 they go out of town, and Jesus, Scripture says, ascends into heaven and essentially disappears into the clouds. And then after this moment, the, the disciples are standing there kind of, what the heck just happened and 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 scripture says that that there are then two two beings two angels beside them who say uh, basically he's he's gone for now but he will return in the same way that you saw him go and so this is this is essentially as believers what we are waiting for for jesus to to return to earth to call us home to be in his kingdom with him at et- et- eternally and so getting back to the day of Pentecost. So this is what Jesus says to them, okay, that you must wait for power. He says it's going to come not many days from now. And so from, um, from Jesus' death on the cross, right, he, he's then resurrected three days later, which, which we understand. And then scripture says that, that for 40 days, he appears to his disciples, okay, and, and he's still, because he, he's still he, okay, he he appears to them. He talks with them. He meets with them. In fact, it's not just the disciples, but Paul mentions in one of his letters that that there are in fact uh, uh, five hundred living eyewitnesses of the resurrected Jesus appearing after his death and resurrection. Five hundred eyewitnesses in the letter that uh, Paul writes. Okay, and, and then um, so for forty days he appears, and then uh, as I said, he, he goes. He says this final thing to them. He ascends into the clouds and he says, not many days from now you will be—you will receive the power. And so 10 days later, okay, so 50 days total, 10 days later the disciples are in the upper room of this place in Jerusalem where they've been meeting, gathering, praying, waiting, as they were commanded to, which in, in, in Acts 2 verse 1 to 4 says, when the day of... Pentecost had fully come. And the day, the day of Pentecost was another uh, festival of, of celebration that the, the Israelites and the Jewish people had. It wasn't just something made up for this. It was a, a day of celebration that was already going to, to happen. But it says, And the day of Pentecost had fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so this is the moment that they received the power that Jesus spoke to them about. The moment they were baptized with the Holy Spirit and power began to flow in them, the power to make the impossible possible, the power to do the things that Jesus had called them to do has now come from heaven and come upon the believers who are meeting together in this place, praying, waiting, because that's what Jesus commanded them to do. And so this power comes, the same power, in fact, that raised Christ from the dead and the same power that was present in the, at, at the creation of the world is now resting upon these men who were being obedient to what Jesus had said and waiting in Jerusalem before they were to be sent out to be the witnesses to all the world of the glory of Jesus Christ and, and the, 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 the teaching of, of, of the death and resurrection of the Savior of the world. And so this power has now come upon these men and it says that they begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And now... Uh, in, in this particular scripture, when it says speaking in 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 other tongues, it's not referring to. Uh, a heavenly language you know, again as pentecostals we understand that that and one of the gifts of the holy spirit okay is the ability to speak in tongues which essentially is is a heavenly language that that we speak that god understands but we basically have no idea what we're saying unless there's, there's an interpreter present okay but that's not what this is referring to in this verse what happens is these tongues of fire come upon these men and i think there's um uh, like hundred and twenty Men or people meeting together in in this upper room, and says that they began to speak in. Other languages, okay, and so in Jerusalem, it was like a hot spot of activity, and there were people in Jerusalem from all other places over the world, religious people from from different sects who speak different languages and you know have, have different native tongues and all of these people were in Jerusalem at this time again because it 's a day of uh, it was the, the festival of, of Pentecost so it 's busy and so, so what happens is the Holy Spirit comes upon these people in, in, in the upper room and then begins to speak out. In, in the languages of all the people from all the different nations who were in Jerusalem at this time. And it wasn't just speaking gibberish, but, but in all the native languages of the people who were in Jerusalem, the, these, these people who've been empowered by the Holy Spirit are speaking out and glorifying the one true God and, saying, and basically speaking the truth of the resurrection of Jesus in the native languages of all these people. And what happens is that the, the, the entirety of, of Jerusalem hears about it because they're not being quiet. The, it's quite loud. And, and, and all the people are hearing in their own native language, in the place that they've come from, these men speak about Jesus and the glory of God and the resurrection. And so it draws a crowd because these people are like, how are they speaking in our language? How, how do they know my native tongue? Because there's people from all different places. And, and the, these, the, these men did not speak these languages, but empowered by the Holy Spirit, they did. So a crowd draws, right? And Peter stands up and scripture tells us he stands up and he preaches and and he he, he preaches the truth, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And scripture then goes on to tell us that that day 3000 were added to the number of believers. Which is why, again, the day of Pentecost is not only the day we were filled with power, but was the birth of the early church. Because this is the first mention in Scripture that we see from the moment that Jesus left where people joined the cause. Because he told the disciples to wait until the power had come. And the power comes. And that day, 3,000 were added to the number of believers. That same power that was present at the creation of the world is the same power that... that, that that came upon these people and gave them the ability to speak in languages that they didn't know and that they didn't understand, that drew a crowd so Peter could stand and preach the word. and, and, And the early church was born. The early church was born on the day of Pentecost. And this is the kind of power that we receive today when we become baptized in the Holy Spirit. Again, that the impossible becomes possible in an instant. The impossible becomes possible in an instant. Because if you had told the, these these people in the upper room that, hey, five minutes from now, you're all going to start speaking all these languages that you don't know and you're going to draw a crowd of 3,000 going to be saved, you, you, you know, you... Right, you know, Was it what they're gonna be thinking, yeah, sure, okay. But then the power of heaven comes and the impossible becomes a reality in an instant. And see this is what we need to understand about believers. We, we we face at times seemingly impossible odds and seemingly impossible circumstances in our life, but all it takes is a moment under the power of the Holy Spirit for the impossible to become possible in us, right? This this is the reality of the lives that we live as believers and it's important for us to understand at the same time that this um that it's never our power it's not our power to use willingly when we want to how we want to it doesn't belong to us we don't get to choose how it's outworked okay it's it's never our power. the power does not belong to us it is and always will be the power of God and it's uh it's, it's not some power within us that is suddenly awakened and comes to the forefront. And, you know, the, this whole thing that we're all powerful. No, no, it's, it's God's power at work within us. And see, we need to, um, we need to understand this and, and remember this. It, it's God's power within us being released. It's the Holy Spirit power being outworked through us as a vessel. So it's kind of like plugging an extension lead into a PowerPoint and then running that extension lead to the, the tool or, or whatever you're, you're, you're using. There, there is no power in the cord. Okay? The, the cord is, is literally just a cord. It, all it is is a conduit okay, for power to flow from the source to the place where it's needed. Okay. And so essentially that's what we are. We are nothing but a vessel and a conduit that God's power flows through and is outworked in the place and the purpose that he needs it. Because you you would never, you know, have have an extension lead, right? And you would never say something like, man, this is a powerful cord. Oh man, I love this cord. It's just so powerful. It's the same as every other extension lead that you'll ever have in your life, right? There's no, There's no power in it until it's Plugged into where the power comes from, and it flows through there, and is outworked in the in the place that it's needed. If you if you prefer uh, sports analogies, it's it's like kicking a football. The football has no power and no ability to do anything in and of itself, but the power comes from the person who is kicking it. The, but the, the the football is a vessel through which the power is outworked. Okay, football is just a football and it will just sit there in one spot until you give it a kick and do something with it. The football is powerless, but when kicked by somebody with power, it's propelled with a purpose. Okay, so essentially that's the same for us with the Holy Spirit. We are but a vessel, an empty vessel, okay, that the Holy Spirit sends power through and is outworked in and through our lives. Okay? Um, gosh, money out of time. I was all that mucking around trying to find this, but that's okay. So I just want to take you through a few more scriptures this morning, giving us insight and understanding into what the whole, uh, what Holy Spirit does in our lives as believers and why He is essential to our faith in the coming uh, of the kingdom of God on earth. So a few, few times that Jesus, uh, while He's still here with His disciples, mentions the Holy Spirit. So... In John chapter 15, uh, sorry, John chapter 14, verse 15 to 18, Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you, so Jesus states in this passage that the Holy Spirit will come as a helper to believers and it 's interesting as well. Jesus says to them, I will not leave you as orphans, and we can read that and we go well why, why would you say that like these men are not going to be orphans. He says it because in uh, in, in, in early uh, in those ancient times, right anyone um, who was under the teaching of a rabbi and say that rabbi passed away or um, they got kicked out or, or, you know, from that rabbi's teaching, they were referred to as orphans because they were no longer under the teaching of a rabbi. So he's not saying, you know, I'm going to take away your parents or whatever. He's, he's, he's speaking in a way that, that they understand, saying, I'm not going to leave you a, as orphans because when I go, the Father sends the Holy Spirit who will continue your teaching Okay, and he even goes on to, 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 to say that. Okay, so he says in that, in that verse, the Holy Spirit, and it's not temporary, he says, he will be with you forever. He will dwell in you and with you forever. Uh, I, 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 will, I will come to you. And then he goes on to say in, in John 14, 25 to 27, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. As the world gives, do I, uh, sorry, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So Jesus identifies Holy Spirit as a teacher to all believers who will enable them to recall the things that Jesus has spoken through his word. And see, this is this is true for us today as believers, that, that we, we believe the Holy Spirit enables us to understand scripture. That, and Jesus says that, that the world doesn't know him. And that's why people who don't know Jesus can read the word and it doesn't make any sense. But as believers, we're empowered by the Holy Spirit to understand the scriptures that we're reading. And, and he teaches us and he gives us insight into the word. And this is important as well in the context of of what Jesus is saying to his disciples that the Holy Spirit when he comes will enable you to recall the teachings that I've given to you, okay? So these men are then empowered by the Holy Spirit as as they write the gospels. Okay, or, or the scribes write the gospels on, on their behalf, that they're able by the power of the Holy Spirit to remember exactly what Jesus said and exactly what he taught. Because the 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 the, the gospels that we read were not written uh, immediately. Okay, that there's a gap of at least fifteen to seventeen years before the first of the gospels was written, which is the Gospel of, of Mark, which is actually Mark is a scribe, uh, and 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 he was. Close friends with, with Peter and so essentially it's, it's Peter's um, uh, Peter's eyewitness account written by Mark okay but because the Holy Spirit is upon these believers, Peter is able to remember the teachings that Jesus gave in the same way that we are today um, so, so moving on John 15. 26 and 27, again, Jesus says, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me, and you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. So the power that the Holy Spirit brings and pours out through the lives of of us as believers is done as a testimony to the truth of Jesus and the truth of the gospel which is why I said before, it's not our power and we don't get to choose how it's outworked or how it's displayed, but he chooses how to outwork that power and the giftings through us to be a testimony to the greatness and the glory and the the power of God. To point people to him, not to point people to us. Not just to point people to a church, but to point people to Jesus, the reason for our church. And, and to God, the, the one who has ordained and called his church to exist, right? So he does this and he outworks through us as a testimony to Jesus, okay? Um, and, and so... Continuing on, as Jesus continues his, his discourse with his disciples in the following chapter, he mentions two more times why Holy Spirit must come and why it is for our benefit. John 16, 7 and 8. Nevertheless, I tell you, it is to your... This is Jesus, and this, this is crucial. Nevertheless, I tell you, it is to your advantage that I go away. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. See, these men believe that Jesus was the Messiah who they believed was going to be the savior, but not in the sense that Jesus was. They thought that, that he was going to um, be victorious against the Romans and overpower the occupation and, and like, like a military hero, essentially. But Jesus is saying, no, no, it is for your benefit that actually I go away because after I go away, then I can send you the one through whom power will be outworked through your life and you will be the ones who make a difference in the world. Right, Jesus was was teaching um, contrary to what they wanted to believe, and this is even to his disciples. Okay, he's saying if if I if I don't go, the Spirit doesn't come, and he he comes to convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. A few verses later, in verse thirteen and fifteen of John sixteen, however, then. Uh, Sorry, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. And so through, through the Gospels, we hear Jesus say time and time again that I say nothing out of my own understanding. But everything that I say and everything that I do comes from the Father. And so now Jesus is saying to the disciples, when the Holy Spirit comes, he does not work in his own authority, but in the same way, everything that he does and everything that he outworks and everything that he says in the same way has come from the Father and has come from Jesus, who we understand to be God. So he's putting the uh, the same authority upon Holy Spirit as there is upon God the Father and upon Jesus Christ. And, and see, this makes sense because we understand Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. It, if he was less than God, then he wouldn't be able to carry the same authority and, and and power. But because they are equal, they are all God, all eternal, that's why they all carry the same authority. Jesus says, I say nothing but what the Father does. In the same way, the Holy Spirit will say nothing but what Jesus said. It, it flows through because they're, they're all God. Okay. And this is the power, uh, sorry, the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit who lives and dwells with us, with his creation, and outworks his unmatched power on the earth through those who love and obey him. But this power, this Pentecost Sunday, there's something something about it because we we were empowered to go into all the work. I'm, I'm nearly done. As we finish today, I just want to point you back again to the last words that Jesus spoke to his disciples before he ascended. Again, a lot of people teach his last words with a, with a great commission, go into all the world, baptize. The name of the Father and Son, and Holy Spirit, preach, do all these things, go. But but that's not true. We read in, in Acts 1 earlier that Jesus said to wait in, Jer- in Jerusalem until you receive power. And that is echoed in the book of Luke. Now, what we need to understand is that Luke wrote both the book of Luke, obviously, but he also wrote Acts. And so he's the only one who gives us insight into this particular thing that that Jesus said. And it doesn't make all the other Gospels any less true because they all actually point out different aspects and different perspectives that different people carried. And Luke saw an importance on us understanding that after Jesus said go, he also said wait. So in Luke 24... 49 Jesus says, "Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Wait, tarry, be still until the power excuse me until the power has come. So to be effective in the outreaching of the truth of the gospel to the world, the disciples and the apostles had to stay. And wait until they received power from on high in the baptism of the Holy Spirit so in the same way that they had to wait for power, we too need to wait for power and, and even though there are those among us who have already been baptized in the in, in the Holy Spirit okay who have had the gifts of the spirit which we'll talk about another time um, outworked through us again we, we don't get to choose when and and, and how, but we need to wait for power, and, and that's 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 the period, and that's the season that I genuinely believe we're in, that we're waiting for the power to be poured out through us. And, and for those who were here last week, you hopefully remember, uh, Kieran shared about the the vision that she'd had in, in, in the week prior about that the man. Um, walking into the ocean essentially up, up to about about his waist and he's just standing there. And, and it's like all these waves are just coming at him and just crashing down in these big waves and they're just coming. It's like this, this relentless thing is just coming, it's coming and hitting him and hitting me. And he's just standing there, not, not, not moving, just waiting for the waves to stop so that he can move forward. And the moment that the sea calmed in the vision, career, said the man was able to move forward. And he was able to move forward because instead of turning and running when the waves were crashing, he stood and he waited for power to come and then he could move again. And so I just want to encourage every single one of you here this morning, this, this is the same for us, that these early, the early church members were endued with this power It's the same power that works in us today. It hasn't changed. It hasn't weakened. It hasn't lessened. This is the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And if you're wondering why it's not being outworked, why am I not seeing this? Why? Why this? Why that? Why? Wait for power to come. You're like, why is, you know, why can't I seem to get through to people or or, or, or we're praying for miracles and and, and all this stuff to happen, which, 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 which does happen, right? But we're praying it and we're not seeing it. Why are we not seeing it? Because we've got to wait for the power to come. And when the power comes, when the power came the first time, the church was born. And when the power comes upon us, the church will grow and thrive and move forward. But we've got to wait for that power to come so let, let's just if anything out of today let's let's understand the day of Pentecost was a day that we were filled with the Holy Spirit and the early church was born in the same way that we are' filled with the Holy Spirit to grow and outwork the power of God in our lives so that it can be a testimony to Jesus all right let's let's pray father God. Just thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you that you brought us here into this place because you had a word that you wanted to bring. And there are things that you wanted us to understand and develop in our hearts and in our minds about you and about this moment in time that that we are experiencing right now, Lord God, where we are waiting. Lord God, for an outpouring of your power, Holy Spirit, to move in and through our lives. Father, help us to be the empty vessels and the conduits that you need us to be so that when that power comes, there is no blockage in us, but that it flows out of us into the places that you are calling it to go. Father, we believe that you are gonna do mighty things in this community, Father God. And it's not because we are anything, but it's because you are mighty and you are powerful. And so, Lord, make us ready, prepare us, Lord God, give us the strength to stand in the ways that are crashing upon us at the moment, Lord, so that the moment that they cease, we can begin to move forward in the great things that you have for each of our lives and the great things that you have for this community of Cobram and the life and the freedom that you want to bring in this place, Lord God, we pray, use us as a church, Lord, to outwork the power that you bring so that we can testify of you and many will come to know who you are. And what you've done for them, Lord God. So Father, we just thank you for your plan. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching and empowering us to do what you've called us to do. In your mighty name we pray. Amen.